are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. Nailed it. What's up, man? <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. So this episode releases on August 3rd, and usually August is like what we refer to as the most wonderful time of the year. So, and Scooterland, that is. How are you feeling about August? I'm a little nervous about August. A little nervous. Right? Yeah, it's like, are students coming back? Are they not coming back? Hopefully, we, you know, it's like they are coming back, but it's going to be all online. Are they going to want to ride scooters? What does that mean? People don't want to really ride the bus because you don't want to be around other people. So you kind of like want your individual transportation. I don't know. There's so many yeah. different thoughts. I'm man. walking through the warehouse today, literally today. And I'm like, you know, this is the first year that I haven't been a part of like some massive container unloading for back to school inventory and, and so long. Yeah. And it just seems weird. It seems like a part of part of the like day to day is missing, you know, like, yeah, it's just weird. Right. No, man. I don't know. I hope everybody is just hanging on tight through this thing. I'm like really kind of playing it day by day. I feel like it changes day by day. So That's you really true. don't know what's what's going on. But and if you're out there and you need a scooter, we got plenty of inventory. <laughs> so come on by. <laughs> there you go. You guys, we're really excited to get into this episode. But podcast family, I want to let you know first, if you if your business has ever bought land, sold property, or negotiated a lease, you know why it's important to have someone in your corner who knows the market and delivers results. That's why you see so many Collier's International signs around town. GNV Commercial Advisors with Collier's International has the most experienced commercial real estate team in the market, along with access to a global network of industry experts. Trust me, with one call, you'll know why so many businesses trust them. Learn more at Collier's Collierscom slash Gainesville. We appreciate you, GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's International, so very much. Thank you so much for your support of this show. Yeah, I mean, Make, making this happen, baby. Supported us for a while, which is awesome. I so know. go support them. Yeah, making it happen. So, you guys, <laughs> we have a very special episode for you today. Are you nervous? <laughs> I've been asking about keep, nervous. Keep asking him. Uh, uh, Lauren Douglas impacts the few who impact the many. She is the founder of Arinda Leadership and is a Vistage Chair, the world's largest network for CEOs. She coaches top performers to achieve big results while enjoying the journey. She listens to the things not said to draw out the resiliency mindset and create an inner peace no matter the challenge. Her clients are legacy leaders. Lauren, welcome to our show. It's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole reason why Mike's like, are you nervous? Is because Lauren, we're, so we're going to dive into this. We're going to hear a little bit of Lauren's story, but she has offered to kind of coach us tonight, coach me specifically. And I've never like really been coached before. So You're usually the coach. Yeah, coach like I feel like I'm nor I'm normally the coach, and then yeah. and then of course it's like this is my show. What do you want to do? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know, like this is ours. Like yeah, we're the interviewers, not right. We're not used to like having people come at us with questions or anything. so. Meanwhile, uh, I can't wait. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> Mike's like, "Where's the popcorn? Right. Let's go." Uh, so it, it, it could be a very different episode, and that's why I'm excited about it. And I'm not nervous at all. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but I did put in the show notes, it says, Lauren is going to coach us. Ah! 
<laughs> so Lauren, but like we we absolutely want to hear a little bit about how you've gotten to where you are today, why why you want to be like why you wanted to be a coach, and just give us a little bit about your story. Let's let's sure. hear it. Share so it. when I was sixteen, I volunteered in a retirement community, and I would just sit and listen to people tell me their life stories and what their biggest regrets were. So at that time, I built a framework to my life to live with the end in mind. At the end of my life, I wanna be proud of myself, so I wanna make sure that all of my decisions align with that integrity. And coaching is one way that I can fulfill that legacy. Okay, so uh, what age was that when? That was 16. That was 16. Mm -hmm. So I said I would take risks when they presented themselves and opportunities and spend as much time with family and friends as I could. Okay, mm -hmm. and so here you are today. How long have you been in this? So I've been coaching for about three years, but prior to that, I owned a company, and that was about 15 years. So <laughs> I've been coaching for a very long time. Uh, and I went to school for psychology, so um, I have that background to understand human behavior, how that plays into a workplace, and then now working with the CEOs. Okay. And I mean, entrepreneurship runs in the family, mm -hmm. right? Your husband, Mark, mm -hmm. who you said, well, you said he wouldn't want to be on the show. Uh, no, this is not his thing. This is not his thing. Nope, nope. Mark, nope. shout out to Mark Douglas, everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's how actually I became familiar with you mm -hmm. was through Mark. Um, so I mean I don't even know where I don't even know where to go from here. Do you want like Do you want to coach? Do you want to? Yeah, let's like, do that. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and take a deep breath. All right, gonna, to get yourself settled. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need it, obviously. <laughs> Just a little bit, and you know, I would tell everybody too who's listening to this to answer the questions for themselves as well. Um, they can listen to your answers, but then you know, personally, they can do it too. Okay. Okay. Deep breath. Okay. Okay. So, Colin. Lauren. What do you want to be remembered for? Oh man, this is gonna get like serious and stuff. <laughs> um, How many times are you gonna cry? That's what I. No, no, <laughs> no crying, especially after yesterday and the mental draining day I had yesterday. Don't make me cry. Um, I want to be remembered for the impact that I have on Gainesville, Florida, and as an entrepreneur in, in general on other entrepreneurs across the country. Mm-hmm. What's behind that? Um, what do you mean? What's behind that? Like the What's your motivation drive. for it? Um, that, oh, that's a good question. I think I really want, I mean, the, the biggest motivator of that is for my family to be really proud of, you know, my, my kids to be really proud of their dad, my wife to be really proud of her husband, my parents to be really proud of their son. So a lot of, a lot of family motivation in that. What are you ignoring? What am I ignoring? I'm going to repeat every question back to her just so you guys know because it's like that's a good stop. question. That's a good question. Let me think about it. Um, what am I ignoring? I ignore a lot of my personal wants, like a lot of the things that you know, like I'm I'm driven and I have this vision, the things I want to accomplish, but I still like ignore a lot of things. I, I sacrifice a lot for others. Is that good or bad? <laughs> Lauren puts these long pauses in there. I'm like, uh. well, what do you think? Is that good or bad? <laughs> uh, um, 
that's good. It's good. I think servant leadership. I mean, like that's the way I look at that. That's the way I define that. It's like you sacrifice for the for those around you, and and ultimately, and I and I do believe that long term, uh, that I will be fulfilled in that. That my purpose, like I will feel, like I I have fulfilled my purpose as a human on this earth through that. To sacrifice for others. Yeah, sacrificing for others. How does that hold you back? How does it hold me back? Um, I think there's times where I really want to do something and I can't because I got to look at the greater picture. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So so one example, I'll actually use the businesses as my example. So one example is I would love nothing more than to go all in on this, to give, to go 100%, give the podcast everything that I've got. Like go hard, don't stop. Like focus in on every aspect of this. You can grow this as as a business. Grow this as uh, the like the next impactful thing that uh, you know for Gainesville. Because when, when I look at new scooters for less, and I look at what we've done as a scooter dealership, I'm like we've we've changed the face of Gainesville. I love that. I love that students get to and from class like on a scooter. And that's because of this company. And I love that we've changed just the, the, the culture. Like UF is known as a scooter, as a scooter school. You know, I love that we've done that. I'm ready to do that in a completely different way. I'm ready to do that through this podcast. And I sometimes feel that the scooter dealership holds me back. Mm. Okay, so talk more about that. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because because I don't I don't want it to get taken the wrong way. Um, I absolutely one hundred percent love the scooter dealership. I love all the people in it. I love what we've done. You know, like I, I love it. I'm, but I'm also ready to like focus on this new thing, right? So it's, I, I, and I think I've realized that through this that I'm not, and maybe, and a lot of it falls on me is that I'm not ready. I haven't done what's necessary to prepare the team to do that without me. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of fear their judgment. I like, and cause we've kind of seen this before. Cause I think sometimes the team will look at me and be like, man, Colin just gets excited about new things. So just let him get excited about this for a while and it'll die off. And I don't blame them for that. Cause like I invested into a coffee company at one time, I've, you know, and these are all things that don't exist anymore. And, uh, and so I could see where it's like, oh, Colin, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, is, is, is that, is it in the back of their mind? Oh, Colin's on another one of his like entrepreneurial tangents again, or, you know what I mean? Um, so, and I also don't want them to think that this, you know, I don't want to go that route and, or I don't want people to think that the scooter dealership doesn't mean anything. It means everything. I can't have one without the other. Um, so I don't know. Does that make sense? So here's what I've noticed about you. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Does this make Is this making sense? Sometimes I feel like I'm not making sense. I'm like pointing at Mike, everybody. I'm like, hey, back me up, please. Like, am I like... That's um, the wrong answer. <laughs> so this is what I've noticed about you. Okay. You create possibility. You dream big. And when you walk alone, once you get there, you pull everybody else with you. Okay. Do you believe that? 
do. I do. So what does that mean if you allow yourself to dream big? Um, it means that I need the, like I, it means I depend on all the people around me to execute on that dream. That that's the bit, that's the biggest thing for sure. Like I look at it and I like, I can't do it without this guy. Mm -hmm. I can't do it without some of these other team members. You know, I'm not like, I, I don't want to say I'm not an executor. There's there's plenty of time. Like this podcast happened because I said, you know what? I want to start a podcast. I'm going to go on this trip. And when I get back, I would like a podcast. <laughs> but in that, I said, here's a picture of what I want it to look like. Make it happen. I look, I pointed to other people. I said, mm -hmm. make it happen. Give me, give me everything I need. This is what I want it to look like. Ready, set, go. I'll be back in a week or two. Like, I don't remember. Like, it was like a week, right? Like I'll be back in a week. And, uh, can't wait to start. <laughs> so I really, in order to make my dreams happen, um, I need a team of executors around me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have that? I do. Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like sometimes I'm not the best coach. Interesting. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like I could do a better job. Um, but I think that's, I, th I would say that that's probably pretty standard in leadership. Like when I look at, when I look at where I was 16 years ago as a leader, oh my God, uh, let's just say it's a lot better now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I've definitely grown, um, but I, but I still have a lot of work to do. She's just smiling at me and I'm like, uh oh, what, this, this is bad, what did I do? <laughs> Are you uncomfortable in silence? Am I uncomfortable in silence? Why would, what prompts that question? That's Just such an interesting curious. question. Am I, uh, am I what? Uncomfortable in silence. I wish we could newlywed game this and like I'll show you my answer. To this <laughs> well, we're gonna get to you. Oh, in a uh, <laughs> I I don't think so. I, I actually. Um, and this has come up a few times even on the show. Uh, I would actually say that I'm uh, an extroverted introvert. Is that right? Introverted, yeah. extroverted introvert. Um, I, when I'm in my element, when I'm on the show, when I'm interviewing, when I'm on stage, when I'm on camera, I like, like I'm soaking it up. Like I love it, that's my zone. I'm totally extroverted in, in that. Um, but I actually, I love silence. Like it would, it would drive was, my wife. My, my wife probably hates that. I like even talk about her on the show. My, my, my she's wife, wonderful by the way. 100, <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. 100% wouldn't, could never take like a trip by herself. Could never like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she wants, she, like she, she's a hundred percent extrovert. She gets like, she wants to be around people. Uh, I absolutely could take a trip by myself and could zone it. Just like work on my own thing. You know what I mean? I, and just have the, a week of silence. Oh man, sounds pretty. Sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Do you make enough space for you for yourself now? Um, I don't. No. And, but truthfully, I I would say that I was doing a really good job, and then COVID happened. I think COVID really rocked a lot of routines. Mm -hmm. I was doing like like a morning Bible study, prayer, meditation, like all before starting the day, and now I feel like that's completely gotten rocked by you know everything that's happened in the last few months how can you bring that back into your life 
I needed to create a schedule and stick to it. Uh, I think what has happened is the flexibility, especially when we were working remote, um, the flexibility caused the shakeup. So I ended up, instead of going to bed very disciplined at like 10 o'clock at night, like I had been, and waking up early, uh, I, I found that the quietest times were after 10, so I was working from you know 9 p.m., 10 p.m. till two o'clock in the morning, so therefore it was making the wake up at you know, 6 a.m. impossible. So I just kind of need to get back into that disciplined schedule, which I think is starting to improve now that the dealership has been open. You know, we opened the dealership back up on June 1st. Now that, you know, hopefully school will start in August and things will be getting back to somewhat normal. Um, I think I'll be able to get that routine back a little bit. High performers usually don't take a whole lot of time to be quiet because they're so busy right? They're running and running and running and the quiet can be anxiety producing to sit still. But with coaching, um, you know, I believe that all the answers are within you. You just have to stop, listen to them or they're getting clouded somehow with either a self-living belief or a fear, uh, maybe a self-doubt. So if you're not quieting your mind, you can't hear what your biggest step needs to be. I also think that there's constant, I don't know if it's changing the paths, changing the direction to get there. Like I always like think about the the long-term vision and, and like getting to this, you know, getting to that place with this podcast, for example, um, and then the many routes to like get there. And I think that's always, that's always changing. I mean, I had, I, had, I mean, let's face it, look at 2020. I would say that for most entrepreneurs and hell, not entrepreneur, most people who who set goals at the beginning of 2020 completely erased them by March 2020. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was like goal shifted, everything shifted, and and so now, like even even my goal shifted, even really from having guests on specific I mean we had Sherman Merrick's on we got into a lot of the finances stuff and like that's what's so great about this podcast for me is that I really listen to our guests and this is like education for me this is making me a better leader which is what I'm pumped about um and I'm like reflecting on that some of the conversations I have have following follow-up conversations with him and and I made one of the biggest realizations that I made this year which was I need to get out of debt I need to get my. Mm-hmm. I need to get out of debt personally. I need to get out of debt. I gotta get the business out of debt, and so now, like, that's my one goal for both me personally and for the company. And you know, I think I really realized it when we were. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things that I've done, which is not, not healthy, not healthy for a family, I'll tell you that is. I know all my entrepreneurs that are out there that are listening to this, I know you can empathize with this, I know you've all done it, but I transferred an enormous amount of business debt to me personally, Mm. and I did it because I could get like 15 months, no interest credit cards that I couldn't get on the business side, right? So I transferred all this debt to me personally on these 0% interest in order to relieve the business of this interest expense and now I'm carrying that weight and now I'm trying to pay that off, you know? So, that's heavy. Yeah, that's super heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's like the biggest realization that I made this year was, you know, I, 
we got we got a zero and we gotta get this company out of debt we gotta get I gotta get myself out of debt personally. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's an unlock too. It's an unlock to everything that we want for our company. It's, I think it's the greatest step towards health benefits for our team. I think it's, you know, all the, because we're, we're wasting so much money and interest each month. So you're not making enough space for you. Are you making enough space for everyone else around you? I don't know, Michael? <laughs> um, I don't know, am I? Can you answer that? Or you wanna wait? No, I think you should answer it. Oh, geez. Uh, Am I making enough? Like, are you talking about a team, family, Mm -hmm. team? Um, I mean, I would say yes. I would say like, I've, I've always been available. I think, I don't know, this year just feels really weird. You know, I think there was like, I would definitely say in March, a little bit like March, April, when all this started going down, we had, we still had our, our, I didn't feel as available to our service team because we had our service team here and I was working remote and so I didn't feel as available then, but, but yeah, I would say for the most part over the career of my, my, over my entrepreneurial career, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like her. (laughs) (laughs) So what scares you? What scares me? Um, not having the impact that I want to have on the world. Mm, interesting how those two things play together. When you make enough space for you and you make enough space for those around you, you can start to move up, right? And knowing who you are, you'll bring everybody else with you. So what's your big dream? My big dream? Uh, Bigger than what's around you right now. Big dream. <laughs> I mean, all right. Uh, my my big dream would be uh, to to be known on a national level for entrepreneurial, like for impact as an entrepreneur. What would that mean for you? Um, like, what does that look like? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. That's a good, no, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if I've really like thought that through in terms of, like what would that mean. Um, I just you know I I just don't want to I just don't want to be forgotten. You know, like, uh, you know, when you look at life, I mean, like, let's face it, maybe, maybe we should just all like come to the realization that this is actually what happens in life is that, you know, somebody major in your life dies and then like, and it could be like a not, you know, like a, like you hear like a celebrity death or something, right? Like everybody kind of like, oh my gosh, they're shocked about it for what, a couple days and then everything goes back to normal, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, that's true. Um, I think part of that scares me. Cause it's just like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, there's people that have ongoing, ongoing impact, ongoing legacy. You know, when I, like when I look at the lives of people who have had significant impact, like Martin Luther King is somebody like, I want a holiday. That's 
Okay. You know, somebody like you have such mm-hmm. a huge impact on the lives of people, on a movement, on you know something that I mean, like you're important enough to make a holiday. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, did Martin Luther King do it by himself? No, of course not. What was special about him? He can lead. How can he lead? He can create. Uh, he can he can drive people to join a movement to get to you know back a cause. He had a dream. He had a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream. That's the power of dreams. Yeah, but then when you go, I, that's a visionary. Yeah. And he created so, space. So now I feel like shit because <laughs> I'm like looking at mine. It feels, you know, when I'm when I'm sitting here thinking like I don't want to be for I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want to like it feels so selfish because his know. dream wasn't. Well, success is about you. Significance is about other people. Right. So you want to be significant. You I want do. to do something for other people. What do you want to teach them on a national level? Oh man. Like, I feel like it's so, I don't want like, to cliche, but man, just like, just love and kindness and like, you know, when I think about what I'm trying to teach my kids, you know, it's like, there's just so much. I mean, I am looking, like reflecting back on today and being berated by customers and, you know, like there's just so much hate and anger and like all these things that... Uh, man, I just want to. I just want to like build. I just want to build up positive, happy, you know, kind people. Well, your faith is very important to you, right? Very. Is there a space for two of those to connect? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? What? National level and your faith. Um. And business. I think it just, I mean, maybe it's just people being very aware that like, hey, here's an entrepreneur who who did it and like did it the right way and did it God's way. That's probably the best way. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Is that your dream? That's absolutely my dream. What's one thing you can do tomorrow morning to get closer to that dream? Wake up on time. <laughs> do you think you need to be quiet? <laughs> Definitely need to be quiet. To schedule that routine again that yep. you have lost touch with. For sure. Deep breath. <sighs> Cutting like 75% of this episode. <laughs> Sorry, if this is a 20 minute podcast, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so. Let me turn the air down a little bit. <laughs> so we ended one minute past time. Okay. It's 7.31. So what is your insight from that half an hour conversation? Um, I don't know. What's my insight? I need time to reflect on it. Um... I don't know. Well, we'll see how it develops. Yeah. I mean, I... 
I would say that the biggest insight from that is that I don't dream big enough. Right. I definitely, and I think some of it goes, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I like, I think, I think that's definitely part of it. I think it's that I don't dream big enough. I think I look at, you know, and I've, I hell, I even think sometimes with this podcast, it's like, you know, like, I think I love Gainesville. I, I want this to be a Gainesville-based podcast, and I want this to come out of Gainesville. Um, but does that mean that I always want to be just a Gainesville podcast? You know, a lot of people have asked me that, actually. A lot of people have been like, so what does this mean? Like, you're always going to interview people from Gainesville? Or like, I'm like, look, Facebook was for college students until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, maybe the same thing happens with this podcast. Well, there's so a I'm season like, for everything. Right. Right, so maybe your season was creating the possibility of this, and then you leave it in someone else's hands, and you go on in a new direction. Or just make this the biggest podcast ever Ever. in the world. (laughs) All right, so your one insight is that you're gonna dream bigger. Gonna dream bigger. One action tomorrow morning is you're gonna wake up and start your routine again. Okay. And then let go of the how. Uh, All right. That's good. That's your so, so this is what you do with mm-hmm. all clients? Mm-hmm. I saw four people today. One person left and he said, oh, I always leave here and I have so much more to do. And I said, yes, that's what happens when you create a legacy. Yeah. I call people to a higher purpose. Um, that's unique to everyone. Yours happens to be faith and business. And I see that you can combine those two on a much larger scale. And it's something that you want. Desire is part of God's language to you. So now you just have to create enough space for yourself and for those around you to grow. So Mike, (laughs) what was your insight? From Collins? Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. It's funny because I would never have accused him of not dreaming big enough I think sometimes it's a lack of focus that gets in our, I always say our way, his way. Um, it's having, having a dream and wanting to execute it and being in the process of it. And maybe, maybe it doesn't happen on the time frame. Maybe it's not happening quick enough. And then there's another dream that's equal. Maybe it's a little bit more. And then we move to that one and then we come back to the other one and, it, and it's, and it's tough to stay focused on one. I, like I said, I would never say it's a, it's a problem of not big enough, but it's how much energy and time and resource do you put behind one before you're willing to, I don't know that it has to be a failure or a success, but before it's time to put forth to a bigger one. How do you prioritize your dreams? Uh, I think would be my insight or, or my, my take on it maybe even before this conversation. That's good. Mm-hmm. How do you prioritize dreams? That's a big question. You know, Real quick though, uh-huh. sorry. Go ahead. I think I think a lot of it. I mean, that's all. That's all personality. Mm-hmm. Right? When I hear him talking about, it, like, I'm like, I, I mean, that 100. percent I admit that is who that, that is who I am. I get bored easily. Most visionaries are. Yeah. They're not an integrator. They're like, visionary for a reason. Yeah. I get I get bored easily. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to uh, mm-hmm. like I get excited about the next opportunity. I the think, next, and the next thing, and then, and then I see, and I'm, I, and 
especially when I go to like UF and I speak and I'm like, you know, one of the things that comes up is I'm really good about recognizing opportunity and then executing on it. I just know that I need executors around me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, parking is a freaking hassle at the UF, like what's going on here? Like this is a problem, students can't get to class, I can never get to class, right? That's a problem. The opportunity was scooters, boom. Did it, done, good, <laughs> good, crushing it, great, everything's going, <laughs> right? Dude, and going, and then same thing with this podcast. Going to these meetings here in the city, the UF, Chamber of Commerce, Santa Fe, like trying to get a vision for this community. I'm like, dude, like, like I see it. I'm so glad that I get to participate in this. This is awesome, I love that I'm here. And then it's like, man, there's an opportunity here. What's the opportunity? Opportunity is to show off what makes Gainesville so awesome. It's people, like let's, let's interview them. I can do that, I'm a marketer. I mean, like, dude, let's put this on, let's, and we actually, we made it a video podcast first because I was so strong in Facebook marketing. I was like, yo, I'm gonna make this a video podcast because I know if I have this really great setup, I was like, yo, this is what I want, right? Like, I had this really great setup, it's running through Facebook's, Facebook feeds of people, and I'm targeting business owners, they're gonna say, what is this, what, this podcast is in Gainesville? I knew that I'd be able to grab their attention, and, and it worked, that's how it sparked, was through Facebook, and then from there, normal podcasting platforms and so forth, right? But I recognize an opportunity to really build up this community through a podcast. And so I didn't even hesitate. It wasn't even like, I didn't even ask, hey, do you think we should do this? Mm -hmm. It was like, yo, we're doing a podcast. Ready, set, go. Mm -hmm. So 100%, that is absolutely who I am. That's a great insight, Michael. Well, you know, something that integrators don't have, which visionaries do, is the ability to take a large risk they want to know things are structured. Now, those are people's superpowers, right? Because they can set up processes and structures around the visionary. So maybe that's the missing piece. More integrators. Good, good luck, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Get some more integrators. Where does that go? So that's that's what's interesting because I would say that that's, that's my takeaway is, is he looks for the scenarios like the po- the podcast is a perfect example of when he said, "Hey, I want to make this happen. I'm not even here, but make it happen," and it was executed. That was that's a success story. Um, I'm no historian on the guy, but but the person I would say that's most like is Richard Branson, who has a team of people around him, and he gets these off the wall ideas, and someone just goes and executes them, whether they're realistic or not. That's someone's job, and and that's kind of Colin is is he he gets these ideas and. Whether it's not where his passion is, or it's just a, it's like he kind of wants to be a. Here's this great idea, go run with it, and he he wants to send somebody off with it. And so when you're his leadership team, sometimes it feels like if if we don't take that and run with it and execute it the right way and make it blow up into something, have we failed him? Ooh, that's a big question. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. What is your insight on that, Colin? You know, it's funny because, like, when I look at some of that stuff, the—I mean—the failures happen because, well, one, I'm not afraid to fail. I think that's—I think that's a good—that's that's the good news right off the bat. Like, I'm willing to try. Mm-hmm. I'm willing. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm—I am the visionary. Like, I absolutely will take a risk. I have no fear in taking risks at all. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> Let's do that pat on the back. <laughs> uh, 
what were we talking about? I lost so he it. needs to know that he's doing a good job. Oh, so what I was saying was about like was about failures and stuff. I think the, uh, the yeah the failures that happen are usually because um, I haven't given them the tools, the equipment necessary, or they don't or they don't have the capacity. Or my my dreams are I'm throwing them so I'm throwing so many things at them that they're trying to prioritize what to execute first or what well, you know okay what's most important. Colin's mine or what should we you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What to do first? Yeah. And so I, I like, I absolutely, it's funny that when you say Richard Branson, cause like you think about like Virgin and how the multitude of companies that they have, right? Yeah, yeah I just need more executor. <laughs> I need more integrators, I need mm-hmm. more people to be like, here, do this. Do this, do this, do this, do this. I wish, I wish, I wish I had all those. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So that's good. That's well, a, your really journey good. has been designed for you, right? To get you to this point. So you had to take all of those failures and you had to learn from them, right? Because without those, you would not feel as confident as you do now to just up and start a podcast, right? You learned that you could have a failure and still survive. Right. That's very good. So that's a, that's a hard lesson. Yeah. But it's one that was needed. Yeah. So it's okay to have all of these wild ideas and try them all because you're going to learn each time you do it. And you're going to get better and better at finding those integrators because as you grow, you're going to attract different people to you to be part of your team. That's why self-awareness and leadership is so important because when you know what your strengths are, you can hire your weakness. And what your weakness is is someone else's strength. Right. So you just have to make sure you give them space to be amazing, and then you tell them. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that more. You're amazing, dude. <laughs> How's he amazing? How's he amazing? Um, we do have a guest he, after this, so we're gonna have to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I just love that how he's always there for his team. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Like anytime anybody, where's your notebook? What's your notebook say? He has he has this notebook. I mean, it's made to be funny, but it's actually pretty. It's, the, it's pretty serious. It says it says I something care. like, yeah. "Sure, let, what does it say? Sure, let me drop everything and work on your problem." <laughs> and he's that, that guy. Was, that was gifted to me by an employee. Okay, like he's that guy. Like he would. Now, from a coaching standpoint. We need to learn how, and like we both have done a lot better of this mm-hmm. at this, not just solving the problem, but actually like questioning them and getting them to come up with the solution, right? Um, but bottom line is, if a team member comes to him about anything, needs help with anything, he's absolutely going to give him, her, one hundred percent of his focus, and I love that about him. That can also lead to burnout. It has. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we get into talking about because, boundaries. <laughs> I mean, because you carry a lot of that weight, right? Mm-hmm. You carry so much of that weight. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get nearly enough pat on the backs from me. I, I'm not a normal, natural, and this is definitely one of my leadership flaws, something that I'm working on. I'm not a natural praiser. I definitely focus on what needs to be improved. I don't like to celebrate. Like, <laughs> we mm-hmm. look at the time in August where we reached, like, we sold 311 scooters one August. That's ridiculous. The goal was 197. <laughs> right? Was it 197? Yeah, it was 197. 197. 
we hit 197 within two weeks. I'm like, new goal's 250. <laughs> right? But then I like instantly go into like the next goal. We didn't, everybody was like, whoa, 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 can't we just celebrate that we hit this goal? Mm-hmm. No, we hit, it was 250. We hit 250. I'm like, 300, like, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Right? Well, you're a visionary. That's who you are. Right? Right. That's most likely not going to change. That's never going to change. Yeah. But, but still, it's like. But what you can change is your response to that. Right. Not 197 isn't good enough, but you're so amazing. I can't believe you pulled this off in a pandemic. Oh, if you can pull that off in a pandemic. What can we do next? (laughs) Right. You know, that's the difference between trying to inspire someone through criticism versus empowerment. You know, and that's a a real um, powerful change when you can make that shift. Yeah. But it starts internally. So, um, you know, the conversations that you have with yourself, are you allowing yourself to make mistakes? Are you okay with that? What does your negative self-talk look like? You know, it's, all, it's those types of questions that we would do probably not in a public <laughs> format like this. That's more of a, of a deep coaching session to figure out where that is coming from and then how you can move through those negative self-talk because when you do that then you can inspire everyone around you and it starts with you and mike i haven't forgotten about your boundaries over there <laughs> good <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a that's a real conversation mm-hmm. go have it oh <laughs> i'm an open book how, what do you want to know <laughs> so where does that come from um, my lack of boundaries. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's actually pretty easy for me. I think. Um, Speaking of my. Yep. Yeah, when I got into. When I came back to this business in 2013, um, quite frankly, I was a college dropout. Um, college, really, school, school in general wasn't wasn't my cup of tea. I wasn't disciplined enough for that, and I was chasing national championships with the sports teams, like as a fan. Um, just never never really knew what my end was to be motivated enough to be a good student. Um, so after feeling like I had kind of flunked out, I mean, I got kicked out of the school for academic probation. I came back as a, as a driver um, and had a ton of experience in this, in this industry, but I knew that my, I've often said my meal ticket was my work ethic. And what that meant to me was being accessible and throwing myself at problems and you know, being, I, what was I, probably 30 to 27 at the time, um, maybe not in a serious relationship or anything like that, where it's like I could, I could devote my, myself, my entire self to this um, in order to make my way somewhere. And as that continued, I mean, I rose, I rose quick. Um, it was nine months after being a driver. I was sales manager. Three months later, I was a general manager. And a couple years later, um, you know, when he started, I, I gave him the latitude to start focusing on other parts of the business or um, things than he he appointed me CEO. So I've always kind of had that instilled in me to throw my time at everything. And when you talk about burnout, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very real. It's not sustainable. And I, I would be envious of, of employees that drew firm boundaries that I'm going to leave at this time. At this time, I'm not working on weekends and stuff like that. Like I, I would be become almost envious of it. And if, I, if I'm real honest with myself, almost, you know, hold it a little bit of contempt because... I didn't have that luxury because maybe it was maybe it was being afraid that if something happened, you know, I, I had nothing to fall back on. 
Um, so I felt like that's how I had to create my own worth. Um, but then it got real interesting because then as, as CEO of a company, it was, you know, Colin would say stuff like he'd get booked for speaking arrangements and stuff like that. And he'd talk, talk about valuation of his own time and, and where he thought that money, that dollar per hour of his time figure would be. And then he'd throw that back to me and say, well, what do you think yours is? And I'm like, I don't know that I've ever valued my time. Like because because I've I've watered it down by being so accessible, there there is no dollar amount I could put on my time because I I've said you know in closed leadership corners before like I'm the highest paid employee here on a on a salary basis but I'm the lowest paid per hour because of how much I've dilute you know with time and that that wears on me, um, so I've never been good at drawing those boundaries at least in terms of time, um, and and it's something that I've I've tried to get better but I would say also um, one fear I have with that is I've made an entire career so far of of doing that that now if I start to draw a boundary and maybe it's 40 hours maybe it's 45 hours whatever that looks like I feel like there's a perceived um, drop off you know like I, I in 45 hours I can't do everything I was willing to do in 70 and 80 hours so it's going to look like I've checked out or I was going to look like I've got a foot out the door it's going to look like Mike doesn't care as much or something when that's not the reality it's just I'm trying trying to do better by myself and so I have a real fear of having never had a boundary before drawing one and what does that look like can people do what you do Yes. Yes, I would say that most of my most of why I'm able to do what I do is because I'm an empath and and because I've just done it for a long time. So like the the skills I've learned to do the tasks that I do are just from having done it. Well, you use the word empath and sometimes if we don't have clear boundaries as an empath, you can find relationships that want to take advantage of you. Yes. And burnout doesn't necessarily mean there's too much work. It's more the emotional attachment to the work, not knowing that you're getting ahead. Keep going and going and going and not really know where the goalpost is. Has that experience happened to you? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. You're like a psychic or something? <laughs> yeah, she's like a good coach. I feel like there's some real textbook examples of that too. Like it's a mm-hmm. classic. Um, I mean, usually you, you often hear about like the empath narcissist relationship, uh, mm-hmm. and that's something that I've studied a lot. Um, that I've been, I feel like I've been subject to a lot because I, I have that kind of heart. And where you have that, I think it's a high opportunity of people that will take advantage of it, even if it's no maliciousness of their own. It's just, you kind of subject yourself to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, narcissist. Mm, that's a tough one. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of my work is around narcissistic relationships and especially the impact that they've had um, either on children or on partners. So I do a lot, a lot of my work is around boundaries, self-worth, overcoming beliefs because of the damage that was done by a narcissistic relationship. Yeah. That's a lot of my work. That's, Dang. and that's some heavy stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy. Again, another spot off 
the public stage <laughs> mm. <laughs> to explore that. I, I imagine so. Yeah. But even just talking about it now, you know, there's so much unawareness of what narcissism is because narcissism is a spectrum disorder. So on one side, you have a personality disorder, and that's the extreme. On the complete opposite side, you have codependency. So there's all sorts of tendencies in between those two differentiating points. But then in the midpoint is healthy narcissism, where you can seek self-worth growth, but also still have empathy for everyone else around you. The benefit of being a codependent is that you can heal up to that midpoint. If you have a personality disorder, that's it's probably going to stay, right? But there's lots of tendencies up and down that scale. So someone doesn't necessarily have to be the personality disorder. They can heal down to that midpoint. They might go up every once in a while, too. <laughs> right. So I was going to say, do we throw those words around too much? I feel like often, like, mm -hmm. I've heard more about them recently and say the last five years, they've almost become buzzwords. Do, do we throw them around too candidly and are quick to label people as one or the other? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a tendency, right? So the personality disorder, there is characteristics that are immovable, but it's a spectrum disorder. So there's all kinds of things that show up along that, along that line. And you can heal out of it. You know, when you start to look at your behavior and see how it's impacting other people, you can heal down to that midpoint, which is having empathy for other people and still wanting to grow yourself. And usually, if someone is worried if they are a narcissist, <laughs> they're not. Because just that ability to check in with yourself to say, is there something wrong with me, keeps you from being a narcissist. Is the questions about the time you make for yourself, is, is that about just awareness, that introspection, that time to actually be in your own headspace to see what's going on in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, knowing what's okay, setting your own standards of behavior. A lot of times we're told to be certain ways. So you have to figure out what's important to you. I remember years ago I bought this planner, it's the happiness planner. And you do all this introspective work and you figure out what makes you happy. And me being the person that I am, I said, well, I'll just start doing more of what makes me happy, right? And it really helped. It's very simple, but it's not easy. Because that means that there's a lot of things that you have to shift in your life in order to do the things that make you happy. But when you do, you bring everybody else along with you and you show them that it's possible too. How do you, or how did you draw the line there between like feeling like that might be selfish? Like if you're focused on doing more of what makes you happy, mm -hmm. is there a part of you that's like, but, that, but that's a selfish tendency? Ooh, this is a big question. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think about that? I would say that's where I fail. I, I think mm -hmm. I, I'm afraid of being selfish, and mm -hmm. so I never am. I won't never, but like, you know, I, I, I put myself last in almost every aspect, uh, if I can humbly say so. Um, I just do. Uh, and it's because I don't, I don't want to be considered selfish. I, I want to serve others, but sometimes that leaves me grossly unserved, underserved. Mm hmm. Do you think you show up as your best self if you're unhappy? No. I think you can put on a face and that lasts for some amount of time. But but no, I don't think it's sustainable. Do you feel like you deserve to be happy? Yes. So is it selfish to chase what makes you happy? 
So I think that that gets into a, a construct for me in terms of how I, I guess, crave other people's approval in that regard. Like I'm, I'm less concerned with what I think about it, but what someone else might, the perception might look like. Like mm-hmm. Colin talked about, you know, if, if he's not focused on the scooter industry because he wants to focus his passion, all of his energy on his passion, what does that look like to the people that are in the scooter business, mm-hmm. right? Like I worry, like I, I can, I can go after my own happiness and maybe be fine in my own moral compass, but I, I do chronically worry about what it looks like to others because I don't want to be seen in a way that I don't feel like is authentic to who I feel like I am. Well, if you're chasing something, that means that you're growing, right? If you're not growing, that means everyone is stagnant. And that's the same for your team. So if you don't do personal work, if you don't grow, your team doesn't have space to move in to a new direction because you're in the way. How does that land? I I don't feel like I don't feel like I have a lot of experience being there. I could see I could put myself in a scenario or, or imagine a scenario where that's absolutely true. Um, I I feel like we're constantly in a position where we have to overreach be it because of our seasonality in the business or the turnover that we have because we employ college students or stuff like that, like under training. Um, we constantly have to, or at least I mean, maybe this is a limiting belief, but I feel like we constantly do have to throw ourselves at problems more so than what uh, a business that might be more stable, and I, I speak of stability towards what I said about seasonality and about turnover. If, if, if we could plug people in and train them and not worry about it. I, I feel like that's everybody's dream, right? But not worry about it and, and, and trust people to do their jobs for a long time. I think it would open up a lot of doors, but I don't think that that's been our, our reality. Um, and that's not to say anything poor about any team members. It's just like, you know, it's like you get a good one and they're chasing their own dreams. That, that's that's the dynamic of employing college kids too, is, mm-hmm. is they're going to school for something that they're passionate about, hopefully, and they work for you and they give you you know, their time while they're here. And maybe you can keep them for a little bit as they're sussing out opportunities, but eventually they're gonna chase what they feel like is greener pastures. They don't wanna live in Gainesville, they wanna live in New York. They don't wanna work for a scooter industry, they wanna be in a, a certain sector, right? And so you, you get a good employee and they end up leaving, and now you're spending time hiring and training and, and it constantly feels like you're going around in circles. When people leave and then you bring in new people to replace them. Have you learned to perfect the process during that time? Do you get better and better at training? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's not directed at him. That's directed at the company as a whole. We, sorry. I I was gonna say, understanding that the company is a living, breathing thing that does Mm -hmm. experience change. Sometimes I feel like we've nailed it and sometimes I feel like we haven't. And right now is the time that I feel like we haven't. I feel like we've had copies of a copy of a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be an opportunity. No, for sure. I mean, we need to clean that up. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in that. I think we're in that right now. But it starts with mindset. And if you tell yourself that you're selfish for wanting to be happy, you will never find that opportunity. So I had a couple of insights. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's kind of related. That's why I like chimed in uh, I think I have a tendency to make my dream Mike's dream 
I, I I think yeah I think I have a tendency to uh, selfishly not ask him enough about his dream that I say like like I mean I didn't even ask him if he wanted to be CEO of this company he didn't I actually just like said yo Mike's the new CEO now and I just kind of like appointed him into that position like use the word appoint and like that's where it like really clicked. You know what I mean? His, well, you saw his potential, and that's his, well. Like, I, I know he could do it. Like mm-hmm. I know, like, like I and, and I trust this guy with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh. for me, like that was enough, right? But at the same time, like, is that like? I never really asked him, like, hey, is this something that you want? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His so, assistant's assistant, who is now actually my girlfriend, knew about it before I did because she made my business cards that said CEO on them. Right. So. So like, so I had that insight in this. Um, and so, so, so I feel like sometimes like maybe I'm, I 100% know that like Mike loves this place and like, you know, he's like loyal to a fault. I mean like I, that's absolutely, you're talking about the one thing I love about this guy, it's that. Like I, I know this guy has my back no matter what. No matter what decision, like whatever it is, we have a lot of different beliefs, a lot of different, uh, I mean, every, I mean, we're, we're very different people. Mm-hmm. But like, I would die for this guy and this guy would die for me. Like, I know that for a fact. Um, I have to jump in real quick too and say one of the maybe even damning things about it is what you just said, like you have a tendency to make your dream my dream. I have a tendency to not dream big enough for myself and latch on to people's dreams and try to help them fulfill them. So, and that's some, a powerful insight. In some regards, that makes a really powerful partnership. And um, some, maybe, maybe it's not very fulfilling to me if I'm constantly trying to help other people fulfill their dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I would say it's because I don't do a good enough job dreaming myself, not because I don't find value in it, but I just. It's very much what's what's the what's the carrot ahead of me, and and his dream is the carrot that's in front of me. I don't really spend enough time thinking about my own. So what did you do as a kid? Um, How'd you play? I played outside a lot. I was mm-hmm. not a very big video gamer or anything like that. I played basketball out in the front uh, front yard a lot. Um, that was probably the, the main thing I did. Uh, I always wanted. I was always relatively athletic, but not good enough at any one sport to really take it and run with it. Uh, until until I found out that I was stupidly fast at long distances, or I just outlast people, and so I became a long distance runner. So sports is important to you. I love sports. Yeah. This guy hasn't missed a Gator game since two thousand three. Okay, right. so if Colin was right. out of the way, 2003. Of this podcast, 2003. Okay. Yes. You better believe you'll be wearing a mask in that stadium. He is not missing a game. If there's only 20,000 seats available, he will be in one of them. Just saying that right now. That's true. So if Colin was out of the way of this podcast, what would you do? Yeah, what would you do? Uh, can I ask um, why he's out of the way? Uh, he's off being a national whatever he wants to be. Yeah, so <laughs> not even important anymore. Um, <laughs> my my immediate thought to that is is I would have to carry on his legacy. I, this is what he wanted. His legacy or yours? His. This is what he wanted it to be about, and I'd be carry I'd be carrying it on. Um, I, I know we're very much on the same page of what this podcast's mission is, and whether he's a part of it or not, because he's focused on other things or something catastrophic, whatever. It's like I. 
that's that's my loyalty shining through. And unless he was like, hey, this is your podcast now, here's the equipment, do whatever you want, and then that's a different answer. But 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 my immediate answer is I'd be doing it the exact same. Would you interview people in sports? Yes, but we do. My my very first podcast with him was with Ahmad Black, who played safety for the so Florida Gators. Yeah, and that was how he drew me in. I, I I don't think he asked me if I wanted to do it. He's just like, "Hey, we're gonna have Ahmad Black, and Ty can't be here, so you want to fill it? You're doing it right." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah," and I was nervous. I have no problem admitting it. That's a great episode, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if if there's an opportunity to to tie it in, and, and we've we have got to talk a, a lot about sports. Uh, James Fidrilio, um, um Mealy Pops was on here. Yeah, um, Jamil. Yeah, Jamil. Like um, we've we've got to talk about it a lot, and and when we do, it's it's I, you know you can always see me perk up a little bit because I <laughs> talk about it. Um, would I find a way to get that in more? Maybe as long as it still serves what I feel like our mission is. Mm-hmm. What is the mission of podcast? Uh, three missions. Yeah, com- create community um, to to attract outside businesses to here to retain our top seven UF talent. Um, and, and to create that community. A lot of times we have people on here uh, that, you know, they'll, they'll listen to a podcast and be like, I never even knew that business existed. So that's, that's like my favorite thing to hear. So business is obviously really important to the podcast, but it sounds like making Gainesville amazing, right? So are there amazing people in Gainesville that maybe don't have a business? Absolutely. We've interviewed them. Mm-hmm. All of them? Not all of them. That's what makes <laughs> that, that's what makes for a great show. I mean, we're, we're yeah, on, it adds we're another depth, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he's absolutely right. That's exactly why we created it. I wanted to highlight what makes this place so incredibly special. I want to try. You know, I I hear all the same things. Like, there's not enough investor capital in Gainesville. There's not enough. There's not enough experienced talent in Gainesville. All right. Well, let's bring them here. Let's show them why this is the place to be. UF wants to do things the UF way and Santa Fe and the city of Gainesville wants to do things their way and, and there's just not enough, the, ch- the chamber does a great job, but there's just not enough, let's get everybody together and have one one voice coming out, right? It's, it's a lot of people with similar missions that are kind of pulling against each other. You know what's great hmm. is that this is our show and we can do whatever the hell we want. Mm-hmm. There's no bureaucratic red tape like I'm not, I'm not gonna hide what's bad about Gainesville. I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna like bring it to light. I'm gonna like let people know. But at the same time, we're gonna build uh, like the grander vision. We're gonna build up Gainesville. We're gonna build up the people within Gainesville. And so. And is that your mission too, to build up the people within Gainesville? My my life mission. It's my mission being here today and, mm-hmm. and throwing. I mean. We, I mean, I can say this on it. We've we've never taken any penny from this. Everything that we've made from advertising spots, we put back into it. So this is this is Colin and I just giving our time to something that we believe in. And I wouldn't be here today if I wasn't on board with that. Mm-hmm. So what is your big dream then? He's a chef, dude. Yeah. Would you stop answering? No, that? but that's true. Like <laughs> I, I spent my when I was three years old, and gosh, we probably don't have a whole lot of time for this to start a sentence with when I was three years old. Five, but, minute, um, five minute countdown. I, don't worry, I'm making space and time for you. Thank you, I appreciate that. She's good. I'm giving you four minutes. Uh, all right. Um, I told my parents when I was three, probably sitting at a, on a pediatric table, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a pediatrician, and that's probably the worst mistake of my life. I never lived it down. I painted myself into that corner, and. and and that's what they wanted me to do forever. 
um, the only thing I kind of got their blessing on outside of that was, hey, like we know you're really into music because I was in band forever. Um, if you wanted to do that, we'd understand, right? I was afraid of tackling that because I was afraid if I did that, then I might lose that passion. So in that, I would say that music, sports, um, people and cooking, I've been my, my strongest passions in my entire life, but there's something about cooking and, and sharing, sharing like love through food um, that, that kind of combines everything that I, that I do love and that I, I find interesting, um, that I'm passionate about and stuff like that, that, that I would love to tackle in some kind of way. Start a food podcast. Good. I got all the equipment. <laughs> Start, started an Instagram channel, so <laughs> working on it. So then your big dream is? So right now, um, yeah, and this is this almost even kind of goes to what I was saying about fulfilling other people's dreams, but um, my, my girlfriend is an event planner in Jacksonville and she wants to own a venue, um, maybe where she's not planning things, but uh, where she hosts a, has a venue, maybe a bed and breakfast type thing. And when I heard that and it created an opportunity for, for me to do kind of something I loved, it, it kind of morphed into this idea that we would have a venue space, um, like a bed and breakfast, small seven to 10 bedrooms where you know I could, I could do the business side of things because of what I've learned um, and, and do some, some cooking for fun where I don't have to do it under a restaurant or anything like that, but I could channel my passion. Then she could do what she loves, which is throwing throwing parties hosting venue space and and you know using her event planning skills and stuff so what if that's not part of your identity in business what if that's part of your identity and your passion is that possible yeah i would think so so what's your big dream (laughs) i i'm always envious of the people that say stuff like you know, do something you love and you don't, you know, what is, what is the saying? Uh, you don't feel like it's a, a work or there, there's. When you, when you do, do what you love, you don't work a day in your you life. You don't work a day in your life. Like I'm always envious of you. I was like, is that actually real? Like, like, do you really feel that? Or is that just something you tell yourself at night? Like I've always been envious of that. And for me, that looks like something that I can cook and have some financial freedom to travel. Um, and I can just, in, enjoy sights and smells and scenes. I, I, I like to live through my senses. I, I'm big on that. Some Somebody I, I um, met early on in college was big about living through their senses, something that really resonated. And I've, I've the next 15 years, I've made that, made that my mission. Um, so being able to travel and, and cook and see things and you know have more diversity in my life and all that kind of stuff has been something that I've, I want to experience more of. And that's probably like, I would say what my passion is because it's the thing that like motivates me. You know, it's like the kid that, you know, can't wake up on time to go to school, but when they have a field trip, they're like, they're so excited to go and they like, wait, they don't sleep a wink, you know, like that, that's me when I think about getting to travel and taste different things and stuff like that is like, I, yeah. like that, So that's, that's what brings you happiness, right? Is being able to taste every fruit, experience everything that you can. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so is that worth putting boundaries on your time to maybe take a weekend and do that if I can reconcile that with not feeling selfish about it <laughs> that's I'm why like, it's always mindset yeah, yeah because it's just like I mean I, I I took vacation two weeks ago and sometimes I ask myself if it's even worth it because of how guilty I feel while I'm there and the work I'm creating for myself when I come back mm-hmm 
this would be something that we would work on for a long time. <laughs> it, I'm sure. There's a lot of deep-rooted stuff He'll there. be calling you next week. So. And let's go ahead and get you on the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we, uh, we do need to wrap up in a minute, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's, that's awesome stuff. This is fun. So your big dream then? is to experience <laughs> the big dream out of you. The big dream is to experience all there is in life. Yeah, that sounds like a gigantic dream, but yeah. It's kind of amazing. Mm. Dude, I want to travel with this guy and eat cook food with this guy. Kid didn't even drink wine until we went to Italy. Hey, but I do now. <laughs> we went to Italy together. It was awesome. Okay, so before we end, what's one thing tomorrow morning that you need to do to get closer to that dream? I need to, I need to, uh, I need to stop with the limiting belief that I don't have time to focus on the things that I'm actually excited about. Good job. Thank you both for trusting me. Yeah, this is fun. I real mean, I, real I, quick I, though, I want to, I want to go kind of go back to the quote. Could you ask, yeah, yeah. you asked about the quote, like when you, when you work, when you do what you love, you never, never work a day in your life. life. You hear that all the time, right? I want to tell you, and I would, I would say that. Ninety-nine percent of the entrepreneurs and business people out there, people, I would say ninety-nine percent of people will agree with me. Um, you love it in the macro, but there's things in the micro that you don't. Of course, right? Would you agree? I, I don't. I love, mm-hmm. I love my business. There's certain things in my business that I don't love. Try to outsource as many of them as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say that's true? On a grander scale? It is if you are still in the process of doing a lot of self-actualization. So when you get to that point where you really, really know yourself, you're not doing those micro bits right. because you've hired someone else to do those. So hopefully we can get to a place where we can yeah. get rid of all that stuff. <laughs> and then you're 100% there. It starts with a vision, then we talk about mindset, and then you start to grow. Love it. This has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for letting me turn the tables. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, this hour and 15 minute episode is only going to be 25 minutes, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's okay. That's what editing does, people. Uh, Where can our audience connect with you? Where can they hire you (laughs) to do exactly this? Uh, Make them question everything in their entire lives. Yeah, so I do a couple of things. I do coaching, and then I also do a mastermind group for business owners. Um, So they can just connect with me. Social media is the easiest way to do it. Okay, and that would be? Um, Either my personal page, Lauren Douglas, or uh, through my company, Orenda Leadership. Okay, it's just facebook.com forward slash Orenda Leadership. Okay, there you go. Look up Orenda Leadership on Facebook. And uh, Lauren, thanks so much for coming on. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. It was very enjoyable. And uh, podcast fam, please make sure to share this. Uh, Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought of the episode. And uh, we love you. We thank you for listening. And this is the WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bring you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you later. Bye.